Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the Umarpreneur Live podcast. And in this episode, I have with me a very special guest, a very interesting progress, uh, profession that I want to share with you guys. Sister Uzma Nakfi, who is a holistic transformational life coach, and she's also a practitioner of NLP. Uh, Sister Uzma, assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam warahmatullahi How are you? I'm very good. Yourself? Alhamdulillah, I'm very well. Thank you very much. Can you share with our audience before we dive into the podcast a little bit about yourself and what you do? So what is a holistic transformational life coach? Sure. Um, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity and for inviting me here. It's absolutely a pleasure of mine to be here. Thank you so much. Um, so what is holistic transformational life coaching? Um, essentially, it's uh, looking at the person in a very holistic manner. Um, and uh, contrary to sort of general life coaching, it goes a lot deeper into every aspect of ourselves. So not just the mind, which is generally what um, a lot of the life coaching and thera therapeutic work is uh, focused on. Um, it goes into the heart. Um, and, and my um, whole sort of ethos behind this is that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, talks in the Quran about reforming a human, he talks to the qalb, he talks about the heart reformation. So it's very much based around the spirit aspect, the um, soul aspect, as well as what we have to deal with in our everyday life. Mm, subhanallah. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into this conversation and unpack everything that you do, talk about your journey with your clients, your journey as an entrepreneur. And the best place to start really is if you could share with us what even inspired you to become an entrepreneur to you know, take up this profession and to help people within that capacity. So um, in simple terms, my own suffering, um, mm. I had uh, a very traumatic um, childhood and then went into my adulthood and it just bad luck seemed to follow me throughout. <laughs> it was just like one thing after another and I just never seemed to um, get to a place of peace or every time it seemed like it was just about to work out something would fall apart again and it was just like that throughout like for decades that's mm -hmm. just how life was um i couldn't figure it out i couldn't um you know i i kept thinking to myself and saying to god that i'm a really good person i i really love people and i go out of my way to like please people and you know uh lo and behold that was one of the issues anyway but um but the thing was that I was I was just in pain myself. I just couldn't figure out what what was happening. So this kind of propelled me to look within a quote that really kind of woke me up and made me question some of the things, which is what my entire business model is uh, based upon. Actually, um, it's a quote of Imam Ali, which um, where he talks about your sickness is from you, um, but you do not sense it, and your remedy is within you, but you do not you do not perceive it so there's a lot within us and he says you presume you're a small entity but within you is an entire universe therefore you have no need to look beyond yourself if only you reflect mm -hmm. and that really kind of stopped me in my tracks and I thought oh, I do feel the sickness but I have no idea where the remedy is within me so that's where I kind of the quest began of trying to find out what that was subhanallah that's a very interesting uh journey to share and at that time when you were experiencing this and before you even decided you know what i'm going to go through a journey i'm going to go down this uh you know metaphorical rabbit hole and kind of see where it takes me and then eventually of course now you're in a position where you're helping others who might be going through the same thing what is what is it that triggered you to say well you know before we dive into that story of what you've been through i want to also help others and i want to become an entrepreneur and i want to coach others that are going through this 
What sparked that I love that you? question. Yeah, so I, well, I had a really, really lovely job, actually. Very cozy, very comfortable. I worked in a governmental department and actually very different job. Um, I, I worked with the government to prevent... Um, I was in the intelligence and counterterrorism kind of prevention stuff going on. So yeah. um, quite a lot of high access to lots of, you know, secretive stuff of government and a different, different kind of a role than yeah. usual. And I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, there was, you know, a lot going for me. I knew a lot of people and stuff like that. But and I was in the management as well. So I, you know, I could have stayed there. It was a comfortable place. It helped me raise children on my own and lots of things. But when I embarked on the journey of self-actualization, really kind of began to understand the truth, um, a lot of which I had no idea even existed. Um, and then after my whole process of healing, I felt like, one, it took me a huge amount of time to gather the information. Like I had to invest with several different types of professionals for several different areas of my life you know, lots of different things that I needed to figure out. And financially, that was really, really kind of heavy for me. But secondly, someone is going through trouble already, someone is already not okay. And then they have to go and search for people. And this is a very busy market. As you do podcasts, I'm sure you come across a lot of people who are in this industry. So it's actually very difficult to find the right person um, and so that was a really painstaking experience for me so even though I'd healed I knew that there are other people out there who will be suffering who will need support but there is no place right now currently from my research other than what I did deliver that offers this one stop shop of you know kind of going through the entire process of healing right and what is that process exactly so what is it that you uh, that you walk your clients through? What makes it different from, uh, let's say, just a, a regular life coach that they might be working with? Sure. Um, so I guess one of the ma main aspects within this uh, program is that one, the program identifies and quite rapidly heals the root cause, cause of the suffering, um, which is uh, often in, in traditional therapies, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about the mind uh, how powerful the mind is, how how much we can do with it if we focus it in the right place and if we do this and, and lots of amazing things. And it does shift people. There is no doubt. Like there are absolutely huge amount of people that get um, massive results from coaching and therapies and things like that. So I'm not negating that that's a good thing. But what I found in my journey was that there was an element that was missing for us as Muslims, especially. The mind alone I don't think can answer the questions that we need answering. I think there is a deeper aspect where we're not just a physical being. We are human. We're just we're souls having a human experience. So when we are having an experience through this portal, yes, we need to understand this, but we need to incorporate the higher self, the soul aspect. And that's what I found was missing in the general uh, coaching industry and also in, in the, even the traditional therapies that we get um, prescribed through GPs and stuff like that because I'd been through that rabbit hole myself yeah. and I just didn't find what I needed mm -hmm. so what mine incorporates is um, you know it's a year-long program actually so it's very I started off doing it just for 16 weeks so it was like a four-month thing initially and I felt very very early on that if I'm looking for real transformation in people if I want actual paradigm shifts to happen if I want the hearts to change 
I've got to invest a little bit more time into this. So it turned from like a four four month to a year course. Um, and it's, it's a full program with four main modules. Um, the first one really does focus on the mind. So it does give what the rest of the coaching industry and, and therapies give. So a lot about the mind, a lot about the programming, where it comes from, how it plays a part in your life. <clears throat> Excuse me, lots of different things about the mind. And then uh, once we've covered the mind, we go into the bit that's usually missing, which is the inner bonding, inner inner world. And that's where we kind of dive really, really deep into um, not only intuition, which is the infinite amount of wisdom that we currently hold. And I know a lot of coaching world does teach that. But essentially, the emotional intelligence and character traits that we hold and the personality types and all of the good things that we do learn. I basically combine all of that with spirituality, like in practical day, what spirituality actually looks like as walking and talking, you know, we get a lot of from our pulpits, we get a lot of like the ritualistic type of spirituality. And sometimes people get very, I mean, no one, I don't think there's a lot of people that would articulate it in so many words, but there is a frustration that if dua is such a powerful thing, why is it not working? Like, why is it not being answered? And it's not that it's not being answered. It's just that we're, we're not doing it in the right way and we're not going on the inside like we're not actually like practicing it in the way so that's where i connect it to the actual spirituality bit and only after building this really strong foundation of the mind and aligning the mind and the heart we go into the real life scenarios and that's where we go there's like six other um different parts that i deal with within the third module which is you know spiritual healing um sort of uh, health and fitness type of a, a thing and then we go into marriage then we go into parenting career money extended relationships and social circle and then we end it with the purpose of life like how do we connect all of this and live a true um potential that we actually hold within ourselves mm -hmm. so it sounds like it's a very extensive journey that you're going to take your clients through and really walk them through step by step what they need to go what they need to do to be able to make that transformation now for a coach listening to this an entrepreneur listening to this who might be you know um just starting off in their journey, they're probably doing uh, something else, you know, within a different industry, uh, but they could probably relate to yourself as a coach and your experience for you. What was it like when you first decided that you wanted to launch, uh, you know, your coaching business, you wanted to market your services, get your first few clients. What was that journey like for you? A lot of people struggle in the beginning when they're just getting started to really get that traction going, right? What was that like for you and how did you, how were you able to overcome that challenge? So one of the very first, um, sort of obstacles that I had to learn to get over before I even thought about a business because this kind of landed in my lap to be honest with you I was actually ready to go to Hosa studies which is like Islamic seminary I was ready to go and embark on that kind of a journey so it was a really different I totally pivoted because life changed once again um, and so this this kind of came to me rather than me coming to it and subhanallah it, 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 I believe it was the plan of Allah that I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing now but um, one of the things that I learned in my healing journey was the uniqueness of myself um i have no hesitation in saying that there is nobody out there like me as there is nobody out there like you allah has created us all so very unique with our own essences and we all carry the spirit of god within us and so we are very special beings and so the thing that many people when they're starting to think about embarking on a journey of entrepreneurship is that they have this imposter syndrome 
they're like, oh, I'm not sure who am I to say all of this and how can I say and there's likes of Tony Robbins and all these people. Like, who who am I in, in the midst of all of this? Um, and that I eradicated before I even launched my business because I knew that was a very essential piece. What I have to deliver, I believe it doesn't exist out there. I'm very confident with what I do. I feel like I have a 100% success rate. Like, there is no woman that comes into my circle that says my life hasn't changed. Like, they, it's, you know, I go through a process where I actually transform lives. So I that was one of the things. So if somebody is struggling with imposter syndrome, I would say, honestly, you've got a little bit more work to do on your on your inner self. And so that that was something that I had to learn to do before I even came into the business aspect. But second thing, um, the actual practicalities of what running a business is like, it's a real um, eye opener when you actually start to physically do things is that it's not a walk in the park it's not just because you know you have to be so disciplined you if you don't have a structure if you don't have discipline you're not going to make massive like I was able to um initially like I was like oh you know I see a lot of business owners they can take the day off whenever they want they can you know they can really chill out and have the kids home when they want and go on holiday when they want and it's really not like that, especially in the early stages. It's really, really not like that at all. Um, and so that I had to learn. That was a learning curve for me that when I really focused in a matter of four months, I was able to do six figures. Before that, I was scattered. Like I was like, I couldn't get the pieces right. I was all over the place. I knew what I had was great. I just didn't know my audience. I couldn't niche down. I couldn't do certain things that were absolutely necessary for me to like, launch myself out there and that was that was a big learning curve for me that you know uh, just in everyday life as well like I actually get dressed like I'm going to the office at home like I've got my office in in the house I even like uh, the, apart from slippers I do everything else like I like I would in in a normal office because I, it's my mind telling me I'm at work right now it's serious like I've got to get my head down kind of thing you know it's interesting that you say that because uh you know, a lot of people when they, when we talk about the the entrepreneurship lifestyle, when we talk about you know business and uh, people who are interested in business, they're usually interested for the advantages of having you know that freedom, being your own boss, having the control over your schedule. And as you mentioned, I think you can do that if you are simply looking to make you know an income that can maybe cover what your job was making, right? If you're look, I just want I just want a few clients a month. I want to make you know, three to 5k a month. I just want to be stable and I don't want to do, I don't want to build an empire here. I just want to be comfortable financially. You can probably get away with that. But if you're trying to build, you know, something that's going to actually have a massive impact and you're trying to, you know, make an actual difference, um, you know, at a grand level, you probably won't be doing those things. As you mentioned, you're going to be probably working like mornings until night and you're going to be working on your days off and you're going to be thinking about your business even when you go to bed and when you wake up in the morning and it's going to pretty much consume you. But the difference is, and this is what I've noticed recently, I was actually having a discussion with my wife um, and we were talking about this because she works. She's a, she has a, a very successful career as a consultant and I'm an entrepreneur. So we kind of have those two different perspectives. Mm -hmm. and. You know, we were having that discussion where, you know, she spends a lot of time working uh, within her career and I spend a lot of time working within my business. But the difference is when we talk about it, the way that we feel about our work is different in the sense that when I talk about my work, I'm like, yes, I'm 
yes, I'm working sometimes 9 a.m. to midnight, but I love it. Like, I love the work that I'm doing, right? She's like, man, when I'm working overtime, I hate it. Like, I, you know, I, I just, I'm annoyed. I want to go home, you know? So yeah. it's a different, it's not, it's not about working less. It's that with a business, you'll be able to work on something that you care about, that you're passionate about, that you love. Do you feel that way about your business? hundred percent. I couldn't have put it better. I mean, if it, I wouldn't have left my job. That was really, you know, I took a massive risk because mm. I took a, I, I exited a career that was working fine for me. Um, to come into a world that I had no idea about. And I'm a single parent of four boys. So this was a big, big risk for me that I, you know, if this didn't work, I'm kind of doomed in a way, like I would have to start all over again. And that was, um, that was a big risk, but I believe wholeheartedly that I'm here to make an impact. I'm going to leave a legacy. I'm going to change lives even after I'm gone. I have no doubt that there are people who are going to change their lives because of me. The ripple effect is changing generational hurt that we've been passing on. I am the person that has stood in the way to say, I cannot allow to, for this to carry on. And I, I don't take this lightly. And when you say that, you know, you're working at night, you're, you know, if you wake up three in the morning, one of the first thoughts that come to your mind is something related to your business. But I do want to say on the other hand as well, though, that, you know, uh, once you automate your business, once you have a strong, solid team behind you, you actually can step back. Like in on over Christmas, I had my kids went away on a holiday and I was thinking, that's it. My my business is going to rock it right now because I have no distractions. I've got three weeks to myself and I'm going to literally do everything. And then I fell ill with COVID and I was flat out. I was like gone. And I thought, subhanAllah, like my body is speaking to me. Allah is saying to me, have a lie down, relax. The world is not over. You can get back to this when the time is right. And I felt so refreshed when I was ready to like go back and, you know, do the things that I needed to do. But I was allowed to and I was able to and I had the permission to take the three weeks off and really relax, really chill out. And I could only do that because I've automated my business in a way that it functions even when I'm not there. Yeah. Bar like the, uh, you know, the mm -hmm. on the face, like if I want to go on social media on a live yeah. or something myself. Yeah, definitely. No, I completely agree. I think it's having, it's so essential to have a team. Alhamdulillah, I think even within my business, you know, when I compare it to two, three years ago, I started Umarpreneur on my own. And then finally, now we're, we're still a small team. We're a team of five, but just, you know, having that ability to be able to, you know, not have to do everything within the business and that, okay, if I step back, you know, it's not going to all come crumbling down. People are still, things are still running and things are still growing. Alhamdulillah, it's such a blessing to do that. But you, as you mentioned, you have to go through those initial stages where you're the one wearing all the hats, you're the one putting in the work so you can get to a point where you can afford to get a team uh, to help you out. Now, I want to shift the conversation slightly towards, you know, what you do with your holistic transformational life coaching and talk about for someone listening to this, what are the warning signs or maybe what should they look for? How should they be feeling? What can they be maybe going through that indicates to them or should be a sign to them that they should consider working uh, with a coach such as yourself? I, I love that question. I think that subhanAllah, I believe that there is a shift happening at a mass level in humanity entirely like I believe that there is something changing there's something in the air that everyone is now aware that we're just we're beyond this physical aspect 
that's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. We're step, we're always stepping the right direction. Our souls are created to evolve, created to grow. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with that kind of a creation. That's why we are Ashraful Makhluk. We're always, always trying to get better and grow and, and things like that. And I think we're finally, as a, as a nation, we're just kind of aligning with that a little bit. So everyone's starting to ask the right questions. If there is on the inside a turmoil, and, and a lot of people, and the pro this is one of the problems that I want to highlight, is that a lot of people have learned coping mechanisms. They've learned how to cover up the inner turmoil. They've learned how, like, the war that's going on on the inside. They can seem very stable, very functioning adult, maybe a great parent or having, you know, reasonably good <clears throat> relationships. However, on the inside, they're just not okay. And they know it. And only they know it. And they are hiding away from that part of themselves that is crumbling because there is a, a dominant part of themselves that says, you got this, you can carry on. It is connecting with this one more often and asking the right questions so that you can really, truly heal. What I do with people is not at the superficial level, like as in a lot of the self-help industry will say, when you have a negative thought, switch it, go to a positive thought because you can shift you've got a, your, your mind is so powerful you can shift at any point and that is true you can shift anything at any point like if i'm sitting here we can pivot a conversation from business to coaching to anything else we want because we can shift our mind to whatever we focus on right but the issue with that is that we're actually ignoring the cause the root the actual blueprint the memory blueprint that is in our body that's why our body is speaking to us in the first place through our emotions this is allah's blessing upon us that we are able to feel emotions and when we shut those down we're actually we're actually not letting that communication happen often people run to gps and within in, in an under 10 minute appointment with a gp you are handed uh, you know ongoing antidepressants very very quickly and majority of the people are unfortunately on those this is a telltale sign. Like if you're on them and if you're on them long term and if you're petrified of take, uh, coming off them because you think, you know, you're going to go back to something that you can't handle, it means there is healing to be done. It means that your core blueprint needs to be focused on. You need to understand what it is. And majority of it, 90 plus percent of it comes from childhood. It comes from the way that we were brought up and how our parents handled it. Not manipulatively, of course, they did the best they could with whatever they had, but a lot of the times it didn't suit, it didn't. It wasn't what we needed and how we needed to um, have our needs met. Would you say that this is a, a generational problem with just, I think there's of course more awareness in, in, in our current generation in regards to what constitutes good parenting and i think even more of a desire to educate ourselves as parents when we have children whereas you know when you think back to the previous generations i mean and, and to their defense they had bigger problems to worry about um you know because most of our parents you know come from immigrant backgrounds they've started new lives in different countries and they've had a lot on their shoulders uh but you know i feel like with our generation and even when i look at my friends who are having kids right now there is this desire to want to educate yourself as to what do I need to do to make sure that I, you know, raise my child the right way that I make sure that I, mm -hmm. you know, am a good parent. Whereas I feel like, you know, maybe for previous generations that it was just kind of like, let's wing it and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm. This is so my that? topic. I, I, absolutely. I think, um, I think it's, to me, I find it so amazing that um, this is Allah's way to expand our consciousness as a collective human 
nation, particularly the Muslim Ummah. We are working towards something. We cannot be stagnant. We cannot be stuck. So our parents had to do what they had to do. And it had to be the way that it had to be for us to now be having this discussion. Because you and I wouldn't be sat here talking about parenting if mistakes weren't made. There was a lot of control because that's what they thought they needed to do to set us on the right path. But it, but the, the effects of that taught us that that's not, that wasn't right. And so today we're healing. And as we're healing, we're, we don't want to pass on that hurt to our next generation. So a lot of, a lot of people have started awakening up, waking up in the sense that how, how do I do it right? And this is an expansion of consciousness. And what is our purpose in life but to expand our consciousness? Because what does consciousness relate to? It is essentially taqwa. It is essentially the awareness of God within us at all times, everywhere. Whatever we do is ibadah if we do it with, with wakefulness. And so generally, the, the parenting um, had to be done in that way. And I, and I always say this, there wasn't anything as such like uh, with parenting back then because if you were fed and if you had clothes on your back and if you were living under a roof you were really well parented and that's it like there was no aspect of emotions but we know now like we like how how important emotions are and how in tune we have to kind of be with them and so that's and and this is going to bring its own sets of challenges for the next generation they'll have their own healings to do but that's going to be the next growth the next expansion that, that the new generations need to have but right now this is right now it's interesting that you mentioned that towards the end because i actually wanted to ask you about that uh, as my next question when you mentioned it which was i think as human beings and if we're talking about the human condition itself as human beings we will always have some sort of personal journey to go through right something to overcome something that we need to learn you know and 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 change that needs to happen and i think even within the nature of allah, how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us in, in that he created us, you know, as, as, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, is that um, it means we've, he's created us with struggle, right? He's created us, um, you know, innately the life of this world is a life of struggle and of challenge and of overcoming. And even if, and that was my question where it's an interesting perspective to think about, but even if we put all this effort as parents, and, you know, now that, that we're trying to do this, we're trying to put this effort, okay, how can I really be the best that I can be, which is definitely a noble thing to do. And I think all of us should be striving for that in all matters of life. What is the next generation will surely still have a set of challenges. Absolutely. But then what will those challenges be? Right? And I, I know it's a bit of a vague question, well, uh, but I think there will always be something, won't, won't there? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I mean, that's the mm. name of life, right? Uh, mm. We're here to inform, and and we're here to contribute, and our existence contributes. We are a very important cog within this big picture, and so we shouldn't forget that. And we only forget that when we become unconscious. So as long as we're growing and becoming more and more conscious, we're contributing towards this. But the interesting point is that when in alim arwah we said labbaik to this life. We opted into this as a as a soul. We said, hey, yeah, I, I, I'm willing to take this challenge because I can see how my soul will contribute to this existence, how I am going to change. Obviously, when we come into this world, very instantly we're restricted into this physical body and everything around us is different. We come into a set of values of a family that might not be in correlation with the essence that we came into this world with. 
essentially every single child that comes into this world is gonna have that constriction is going to go through that phase of oh my goodness I came with something else and now I'm doing something completely different and we have to go through this and so even though with the best will in the world there is absolutely no way that any parent even the most conscious and most careful parents can be present or meet every single need of a child 100% of the times like you would have to eradicate your own existence entirely and even then you couldn't because the truth of the matter is that we come from the love of divine and it doesn't exist in this world we cannot have it here. We don't have access to it. And while ever we don't have access to where we've come from, we cannot feel whole. We can do the best we can, and we can keep progressing to, to reach our perfection. And this is the beauty and blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he doesn't ask us to be perfect. He says, just strive. That's all I'm asking. And if you die striving, you will, you will be fine. And that's what we should be always striving to do so next generation will have its own sets of challenges there is no doubt but they will look slightly different perhaps i would it's interesting that we're going to this topic and it's and I'm, I'm really loving this discussion here so we're talking about the the topic of striving right and when you look at a lot of people who don't have much to strive for a lot of times that's when you see depression kicking in, you see anxiety kicking in, you see the mind creating problems of its own because there's nothing to really focus on and overcome. And, you know, within the same topic that we're discussing, I think as human beings, we were created in a way where naturally we are, we, we are beings who want to pursue growth, who want to overcome, who are, we were, subhanAllah, Allah created us in the state of, of, of overcoming challenges and going through struggle. And even when you look at the lives of the prophets, you, you really see that every single one of these prophets has gone through immense hardship and struggle, right? That they weren't living lives of kings where they were comfortable and had everything handed to them, but rather they lived lives where they went through challenges that even me and you might never experience in our lives. Like that's how <laughs> challenging their lives were. And to then, you know, within the discussion, to, to, to think about, okay, well, if we are going to do the best that we can do for the next generation, maybe the challenge for the next generation is that is for them to find their struggle and own their struggle in the sense that what is it that you are going to, to choose for yourself as your path? What is the challenge that you're going to overcome? And what is it that you're trying to build? What, what kind of mark do you want to leave on the world? Mm. Maybe that's going to be what they have to make a decide, that's right? That's an awesome thought. And and basically, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us with certain characteristics that are very specific to us. And they are supposed to help us to reach our purpose, our particular purpose in, in this life. We lose that along the way because of the conditioning and experiences and parenting and everything else that we go through. And if we are not connected to this essence, and if we are unaware of what the struggle is and if we're just consumed by the emotion only and we're not even sure of how to come out of that we're kind of losing our way a little bit and that's a telltale sign like we really should do something about that like if we get to that state where we don't even know what we're struggling for because god didn't create god created us to follow the joy of our heart that's leading us to our purpose and I don't mean in a superficial way, like if you find somebody attractive, go and do whatever the hell you like. Not not in that sense, but in the sense of your your heart is always driving you to create, to uh, to expand. And that will make you ultimately so joyful. 
the conversation going back to what you and I said about entrepreneurship, like you have to literally like switch me off to um to stop me doing what I do. It can't be done. It's in me. I feel like every fiber of me is what I do and I resonate with it with everything that I have, everything that I am. And I don't get tired doing this. Even if I'm physically very tired, I, I, I can't wait till I get up again and I do this all over again. And every time I hear a woman say to me, my life is different because you came into it, I think subhanAllah, Allah put me on my path of where my, where my soul is supposed to go. And I can feel that inside of me. If you're feeling that you're in the you're in a good place, even if it's even if there's struggles, even if it's not always like hundred percent tick tick, it's all going exactly the way. But you feel that joy on the inside. That's what you got to look for. And if you're lost with that, you should like ask questions and seek support for sure. Definitely. So, if someone's listening to this and and they might be going through a certain challenge where they're not feeling, you know, they may be going through a certain challenge whether mentally or spiritually. But they, they, they're struggling to even have that motivation, have kind of that push to take action, right? Because a lot there is a difference between someone who is struggling and then is willing to make a change and someone who's struggling and doesn't acknowledge it. What can we give as maybe two or three tips for people who are listening to this who might have a might be going through a challenge, whether you know mentally or spiritually, and aren't necessarily right now in the position to take action? What can they at least do? where they can then get into that mindset where they can start working on this on their problem does that question make sense it does totally make sense i think um you know for for anybody who wants number one before i go into what the tips are like we can't make someone want to change we we don't hold that control even if it's our own child even if it's our own spouse everyone's living their own journey everyone has access to the information everyone's got to figure it out for themselves we can certainly encourage that's our role and we can put out information that may make them question and then embark on the journey but we can't force somebody um this is a struggle with a lot of perhaps women are more into like evolving and growing in terms of coaching you see a lot more women in coaching than men and so often we find that women have embarked on this journey and their spouses are still where they were when they first met them and it's a real struggle because it's like I'm almost dealing with a different person altogether like I can't relate to that anymore and I always say you can't make them come to where you are it took you a long time so you can't just expect to click your finger and expect the other person to just be there so that's the first thing like that's the caveat we can't make somebody but when we are encouraging somebody and somebody is starting to ask the right kind of questions one of the most important things I would say is that when you come to that realization, you have to you have to understand that without investing in yourself, whether that's time, energy, money, whatever investment it is, without that kind of purely focused energy, you're not really going to make masses of difference because you are uh, we're habitual characters. Like we're we're always going to fall back to what we know, what we're programmed to do. And that's very easily done. So one of the first tips that I would say is always, always look to invest in yourselves. And I always think mm -hmm. if you can embark on a journey of self-actualization uh, and someone can shorten the entire process from 10 years to one year, go with the one year, like it's it's well worth it. Like it's so important to, to embark on a journey. So investment in yourself in whatever that looks like for you. The right. second thing I would say is that 
responsibility like it, it correlates with the first thing that i'm talking about like without responsibility is the cornerstone of successful life in general um but i find a lot of people when they first uh, come to me is that they blame the world and its sister for the life that they live it's his fault it's her fault it's their fault they did this they made me they you know there's a lot of they there's a lot of pointing and if we can shift that back into ourselves we put the control back in our own selves and we can really shift a lot of things so responsibility is a very very important factor so for me that's a massive massive tip that if you're one of those people who are total like uh, blaming this person and that person then um really you need to start looking within yourself that that's something that i would say um and the other the last thing i would say is that you're here to grow and contribute as a human in this world if you are not growing and if you are not contributing you ought to really question what is the purpose of life and when you ask that question it's very broad it's like how am i going to get an answer for that but subhanallah that one question will open up the kind of pathways you didn't even know existed and then you will follow them and it'll open more and you'll follow that and it'll open more and it's just it's just amazing subhanallah that's beautiful thank you so much for sharing that honestly it's uh something that i hope people are noting down so uh we talked about number one investing in yourself we talked about number two take responsibility and then number three we talked about asking yourself what is the purpose of life did i get that right just to make sure yes yeah, yeah. so if you're not if you're not growing and if you're not contributing mm -hmm. there's some like you need to start asking those fundamental questions mm -hmm. to uh, try and open some doors <sighs> sister this was uh, a beautiful beautiful discussion that we had here and there's a question that i ask every single entrepreneur coach consultant that joins joins me on this podcast and i'm really excited to ask it to you and that's if you could go back and meet uh, Uzma, who's 18 years old, so your younger self, right? Just as you're about to transition into adulthood. And yeah. you could tell her one thing that she could hold on to, a sort of mantra or something that she can remember as she goes through this journey of life. What would that one thing be for you? What would you tell her? Wow, I would say, you know, my life was dedicated to just please people. And I never accomplished that goal. I exhausted myself to a point where I was ready to leave this life. You know, I attempted to leave this world five times because I was done with it. I was done with it to that extent. And I learned that no matter how much you exhaust yourself, if you are striving to please people, you won't get there. So focus on the one who is looking at you with so much love, with so much gratification, with the kind of love that you can't even fathom. One small, tiny, sincere act is, the ripple effect is forever long. So focus on that and your life will start to feel like it's magic. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's what I, one of my biggest learning was that stop focusing on trying to get everyone to like me. I don't care if nobody likes me. If my Lord likes me, I'm quite happy with that. SubhanAllah, that is absolutely beautiful, sister. And Alhamdulillah, I'm very glad that we are able to have this conversation today and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed you to overcome those challenges and that, you know, you were able to go through that and that you're with us here today. And I think, you know, one thing that I would like to touch upon, given given what you've just said, because I don't, it's not something I want to glance over, but there are sometimes Muslims that are listening to this that might be going through depression, that might be going through, you know, certain issues and feel like they're at that breaking point. And 
you know, they might not have anywhere to go because they'll be like, well, you know, you have, uh, you know, you're Muslim, you're not supposed to be depressed, but um, we, we, we both know that's not true, that every human can experience depression and sadness. What would you say to someone who's listening to this who might be close to that breaking point? You know, uh, I believed that there was no one for me. Honestly, I thought that no one will understand, no one will help, no one knows how to help me because I don't know how to help me. And every time I went to any of the traditional therapies, they couldn't, you know, talking therapies did nothing but bring up more pain because I was actually reliving the whole thing and then leaving that whole thing wide open. So it was a gaping hole that grew bigger and bigger every time I went. So for me, my one of my first things that I had to do was really start to ask those fundamental questions initially, just to get the initial diagnosis, if you like, of myself first, to acknowledge, like that comes back to the spirit, like the um, responsibility bit, to at least acknowledge and know in myself that I am at that point where I need support. When you have accepted this, when you have acknowledged this, Honestly, if you open up the door to like seek help with the right intention, the right person will just pop up like you never knew they were there in the first place. And then they will just appear from nowhere. Often I get like women and that's this has happened to me when I was healing. I came across people that I didn't even know that have been the biggest support to me in my life. And they just almost like they just dropped in my life just like that. So I need you to open your eyes and see wider after you accept that there is help needed look out and there is somebody out there to help you and Allah has sent that person as a wasila so it's a blessing for them and it's a blessing for you to you know really take that as an opportunity and I'd just like to say this one last thing that there is a beautiful and I've completely forgotten the quote of uh, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu but I do remember one word of it which I often repeat is that he talks about these things called nafahat nafahat are these clouds of opportunities that you know come and they hover over your head just for a short time and they're specifically designed for you they're literally they've come for you and we're too busy scrolling on our phone or you know too busy being depressed or too busy too too sad to even look and it passes us by and this is the whole point of life that when we can grow our consciousness enough to see that there is that nafahat for me and i need to reach out and grab it you will get the right help if you seek it. If you, you can find God when you seek Him, and why will you not find a human who can help you? Mm. They're from God, so you absolutely will. Jazakallah khairan for these beautiful words, sister. And I really, really love everything that we talked about in this episode and the discussion that we had. I think it was extremely enlightening. And you know, I, I was thinking to myself that I think my honestly my favorite part of having this podcast is, is me being able to have these conversations. Um, really, it's just a blessing, you know, subhanAllah, to talk to people like yourself and be able to learn from your experience and from your perspectives as well. So uh, I definitely learned a lot today. So thank you for that. Now, where can, pe where, where can people go and reach out to you and connect with you and uh, maybe support you, join your program so they can benefit from what you're doing, inshallah? So I, uh, there's a private Facebook group, I'm building a community. So my whole point is that we, we should build a community of uh, Muslims who can support each other. So there's a private Facebook group, it is dedicated to women alone. So I do a lot of like value in there, a lot of free training in there, a lot of free coaching in there. So if you're a woman, a Muslim woman, 
then come and join that. It's called Take Control of Your Life. You can you can go through it from my Facebook, Usman Akfi, and then you'll see links to join that. Uh, but aside from the private Facebook group, which is dedicated to women, I'm actually on all other social media networks. So I have a TikTok account, which I recently embarked on. I have um, the Instagram. I am on YouTube, just starting to like kind of start to put videos out. So um, there are lots of different platforms that you can you can reach me out on. And those are open to men and women. Like you can follow me on there. But the actual like private Facebook group is dedicated to women alone. Um, but Perfect. if you want to contact me on Messenger, of course, you can message me anytime if you have any private questions. Perfect. So facebook.com slash Uzma, U-Z-M-A dot Nakvi, N-A-Q-V-I. We'll drop the link in the episode notes and description. So check it out there if you want to go and reach out and connect with her on Facebook. And uh, your Facebook group, what was it called again? Just uh, so people... Take control it. of your life. So they search, so search take control of your life on Facebook guys. We'll drop we'll we'll get pull up the link and drop it in the episode notes and description as well. So if you want to join that group, make sure to check out the description episode notes inshallah and you'll be able to find it there. Click and go ahead and join it and make sure you show your love and support. Um and if you uh discovered her from this podcast, let her know. Let her know that you found her out from this episode inshallah. Um and until then, jazakallah khair was for joining us. This was an absolutely amazing episode. Really enjoyed it. Honestly, a pleasure was mine. I'm really, really grateful for you to invite me. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And you guys know the drill. Towards the end, I'm going to ask you to also follow us on social media. So make sure you look up Umarpreneur uh, wherever you are, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're on pretty much all social platforms. And if you need help with your business, you're just getting started from scratch or you're looking to grow as a coach, consultant, service provider, you can book a call with my team, umarpreneur.com slash call. The link will also be in the description for you to take advantage of that. And until then, We'll see you next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa